Man, what's going on? It's your boy D. Johnson and my four talk bad ish. Alright, okay, alright, listen. I, it's been maybe about a couple months. I know everybody who supported me has probably been like, where has this guy been? Is he even posted? Is he even active? Look, I've been gone because of life. Because of life. That's all I can say. Um, there are some things outside of the realm of podcasts that I have to worry about, but I am officially back. I know I've missed a lot of promises, preseason, and power. Those things I've passed, unfortunately. But what I can do is give you guys my pretty much feedback because I watched both games last night. Celtics, Philly, as well as uh, the Warriors and the Thunder playing in their opening uh, game of the regular season. I'm going to give you my thoughts on those two games and pretty much why I see those four teams stacking up this year. And also, just kind of give you a preview, I think, of what the NBA season is going to look like. Some of my thoughts may shock you because I think I see I saw some things yesterday, even with the rust, even with um, the first game jitters that I think might get, be some problems for all four teams going forward. And we're going to break all that stuff down in a moment. But as I said, been on a vacation been doing some things but i'm back i'll be giving you guys a lot of nba updates as we go as well as some nfl stuff i know i've completely flaked out on that we're gonna make up for it starting today and going forward i will start uh, giving you guys episodes as 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 pretty much after the uh, after the games have ended for both nba and nfl now Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's talk about the first game that started out yesterday. The first game that started out was the Philadelphia 76ers paying visit to the Boston Celtics. And it was a pretty interesting game. I watched this game from start to finish just with, you know, just as a fan. I'm not really a fan of both teams. I'm more of a LeBron guy, as I said before. But, uh, you know, I watched this game because, you know, you want to see what happens to the East post LeBron. Because I think it's going to be a very interesting um, year in the East because there's no LeBron now. So GMs are going to start going for it more. Um, You're going to see a lot more teams really getting after it this year. I think the East is going to be start to be on the rise. It's not going to be the 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 slump over conference anymore as the West is. I, I still do think the West is tougher, but I don't think the East is going to be a slouch. I think it's definitely a three-horse race between Philadelphia, um, the Raptors, and the Celtics. And we have two of those, two of those three teams playing tonight. And of course, they're going to play because, I mean, they're going to get those ratings up. 76ers went home last year to the Celtics in the semifinals with a 4-1 gentleman's sweep. And so they, they came in tonight. And I thought they started off pretty well. Um, you know, you saw a lot of action in that game from Ben Simmons. Um, the guy damn near had a triple-double. I mean, he had 19 uh, points, 15 rebounds, and about 8 assists. He played about 43 minutes. So he he got his work in last night. <clears throat> Some glaring things with Ben Simmons, though, is uh, I, you can see he's kind of worked on, you know, about maybe 9 to 10 feet outside the basket. He showed, he showed a little court screw hook. Um, a little left-hand hook that went in, but he's still very suspect uh, from you know being uh, from nine feet and uh, into the perimeter. He's very suspect. I think he took a couple shots just to attempt, which is a good sign if you're if you're the coach, just to kind of see Ben Simmons even try to to attempt a um, to try to attempt 
uh, you know, shooting those jumpers, but he's got to start shooting those jumpers. Uh, we saw some action from Markel Fultz. He had five points on 24 minutes, um, three rebounds and about two assists. Um, he was pretty pedestrian for me. Uh, I mean, you can obviously see it's going to take him some time. So I don't want to write Markel Fultz off quite yet. I feel, I still think that he, you know, he's going to need about 20 games, uh, a good 20 games to kind of see what he does in this season. Uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see what Brett Brown, uh, coach of the 76ers decides to do. What, you know, cause he, essentially yesterday he moved, um, okay. You moved. Uh, J.J. Redick to the bench because he's trying to build that bench. I get that. But eventually, as Brett Brown, I think others have to think about, you see T.J. McConnell, and I know his numbers didn't quite stick out. He had four points, uh, three assists, and one rebound, but he was a better orchestrator of the offense. And with, you know, you you think about the 76ers now as a playoff team because we know they're going to make the playoffs now. Uh, LeBron's not in the conference, and and they still have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons playing at a very high level, and they're still very young. So these guys are definitely going to be in the playoffs, but it's just a matter of of can they get past the Boston Celtics or the Raptors, or will there be another team outside of those two teams that could possibly fool with the 76ers this season? This has yet to be seen, but if Markel Fultz does not improve, doesn't give you at least 15 points um, with some consistent shooting. I, I believe this team is going to be in trouble this year. I believe this team will have the same result as last year. They may get past the first round because of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons' greatness. But this is a team that's trying to establish a big three, um, naturally with essentially three first-round draft picks. And they're trying to do it <clears throat> with Markel false just playing it out. And you you, you got to respect the development of Brett Brown. I mean, from what I saw yesterday, um, more Carol Falls has just got to get confident. I mean, he had some shots that he shot very well, confidence. He, he's uh, a good, he's starting to show his defensive proudness with his size to be able to match up against the Browns and the Tatums. And he actually matched up with Kyrie Irving um, at the start of the game. I'll get to the Boston Celtics side of things in a second. He didn't do quite bad, but at the end of the day, I think it's gold's, you know, it's fool's gold because Kyrie Irving was just coming off a of surgery and he's just trying to get back on the court and get the, some of the rust off. So he didn't have quite the game you expect a Kyrie Irving to have. Um, but I would not uh, count Kyrie Irving off or say that he's, um, you know, he's, <laughs> He's not doing well. He just needs to get the rust off. Just same as um, Gordon Hayward. Um, but Ben Simmons was incredible yesterday. Um, you got your shooters. You have Covington and Sarek. Those guys were pretty good in the first half. They were pretty trash in the second half. I think um, if I had to say, I think Sarek went 0 for 4. I have the stats in front of me. He went 0 for 4 yesterday from the three-point line. And Covington is giving you 2 for 7. Look. The Boston Celtics are not going to respect you until you, these guys can start hitting perimeter shots because they're going to essentially force Ben Simmons to take those perimeter shots, or they're going to um, <clears throat> they're going to clog the uh, the middle as they did successfully yesterday and really block shots and and force this team to really be um, one dimensional on uh, the offensive side of the ball because when you can stop <clears throat> Philly from reaching their spot up shooters and shooting with Covington, start. Um, with faults when he's on well JJJ didn't quite have the night that I think he wanted to have he shot 7 of 17 even though he scored 16 points he was pretty much a non-existent factor in the second half and so again going forward with this team I'm looking at Markel Fultz improvement whether he will be good or not and I think that's that's going to be 
predicated. That's really going to be the season for the 76ers. Markel Fultz's development, and can he be another guy that can take the load off of Ben Simmons when it comes to shooting? Because I think Ben Simmons will establish a hook shot here and there. He's going to establish slowly a jump shot, but it's going to be more or less the same stuff we saw last year from Ben Simmons, the orchestrator, pushing tempo, um, getting inside and doing what Ben Simmons does best. He had the, he had the highest percentage of, uh, of shot makes inside, and I think that's his bread and butter. That, that's, that's definitely what opens up his game, and I think that's going to be one of the things he will continue to go to uh, when it comes to 76er basketball. I think Brett Brown will emphasize, you know, him, the offense going through him and then Embiid doing what he does on the inside and outside. Now, I was really surprised to see Embiid not make quite too many perimeter shots as I was watching the game yesterday. A lot of his stuff came on one-on-ones and the fast break, so he didn't quite have the game he wanted to have yesterday. It's, it's, it's already written that Ben Simmons, um, who said after the game that this is not a rivalry, it definitely is a rivalry. Um, ben Simmons had the, uh, the Celtics on his mind all summer as he was training. He would, you know, tr- uh, you know, Embiid is a troller. So Embiid's been tweeting. He's been on social media. He's been on Instagram. And he's been saying, like, you know, you guys had no business winning. And we're going to beat you guys this year. It's definitely a rivalry. And, he, and this first game, this is, the, <laughs> this is the first game of the season. And normally the first game of the season, it feels like a playoff game because teams want to send a message. And it's usually against the uh, team that either beat them last year for the ratings or it's for... You know, you're going up against the defending champions. You want to make a statement. So <clears throat> these teams are really getting after it. I, You know, during the regular season, you can tell, like, guys are just kind of pacing themselves. They're not running back. They're not, <laughs> they're not. you know, you, you might get, like, you know, semi-good defense during the season. Everybody's like, nobody plays defense anymore. We're putting up, like, 130, 120 points. It's an 82-game season. Like, we're nobody's old school anymore. Like, this whole ideology of, where's the defense? And no, nobody plays defense. LeBron doesn't play defense. Like, the Golden State Warriors, they play the best. Okay, look, you can do that when you have four all-stars and you have a great coach and Steve Kerr who emphasizes that but that doesn't mean everybody else does because everybody else is looking at this as a marathon and as I discussed before every team has a different goal coming in you know if you're Golden State you know that you have a chance to three-peat this year you have another all-star in DeMarcus Cousins who's been sitting out on the sideline you don't know when he's going to come back quite yet but you know you look at it and you say okay you know, we have we have DeMarcus Cousins. He's going to come when he's going to come. We do have, uh, you know, some productions from other places as well. We'll get into that game in a little bit. But finishing up on the 76ers, my takeaway from the game was they got outplayed in the second half. When they uh, when Boston clamped down and, and forced these guys to shoot, you saw what pretty much got them bumped out of the playoffs last year. And I think Brett Brown has really got to wake up and smell the coffee. And I think Markel Fultz has definitely got to develop because if he does not, they're not going to beat the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are just too good this year um, to to lay down to a Celtics. Excuse me, to a 76ers team that does not have a consistent perimeter game. Covington cannot give you. Um, Covington cannot give you. Um, God, sorry, y'all. Uh, he can't. He can't give you three for ten. You know, that's not gonna. That's not gonna do it. Thirty percent. Um, that's not. That's kind of not him. Usually, Covington's gonna give you a, a good. A good percentage from the line as well as good defense but he just didn't do both at all um Sark, same thing gave you six points three for eight it's not gonna do it 
Um, then we're going to go to their bench. Uh, you got some impressive play from A. Johnson uh, and T.J. McConnell. I thought he was he was really good off the bench. Jay Reddick was doing Jay Reddick thing, so you know what, he's gonna, what you're going to get from him. But outside of that, I don't see too much that this bench uh, that this 76 team has. Like like when I look at the bench, I look at okay, who do I trust to start in the playoffs? Okay, I trust J.J. Reddick. <clears throat> I trust uh, T.J. McConnell to be an orchestrator when Ben Simmons is on the bench. I trust A. Johnson because I know what he can do. Um, but everybody else, I don't know. I think you, they were really going to have some work to do. I think this is a, maybe an eight rotation team, which is pretty good. But um, unless teams, guys are ready to play 35 to 49 minutes, excuse me, to 42 minutes, like Ben Simmons did tonight or Joel B did tonight, um, I would definitely try to see if you can try to get some pieces, some more pieces at the trade deadline or develop some more pieces. Brett Brown's a good developer for his bench, and I think that's what he's working on right now. Um, he brings that San Antonio Spurs way in from being an assistant under Greg Popovich, and I think that that'll be what's best for this team. But going forward, um, they took an L here tonight. It was <laughs> it got pretty ugly in the second half, and you can just tell that these guys are rivals because they just went at it. They hate each other. They were... Tatum was uh, was clamoring at Joel Embiid. Oh my God, it was it was great. <laughs> I had no problem. I was like, you know what? You're gonna give me a show. By all means, give me a show because this was an awesome game all the way up to the fourth quarter until the Boston Celtics say, you know what? We're running away with this. We are the um, <clears throat> we're on a mission this year to go to the championship and uh, everything else. Now. Goals and aspirations, and I think my what I'll be looking for for the 76ers this year, I see about 52 to 54 wins once again for the 76ers. I think they're going to hit their stride. Ben Simmons is not Ben Simmons. Excuse me, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are not going to just sit there and just be one dimensional and just look at this team. I think the growth of these guys they are going to say, okay, we're going to look at the tape. We're going to see what we can do better. We're going to develop because Joel Embiid and is not a loser. He didn't come to uh, Philadelphia. He didn't get paid over 100 million dollars over four years to, to you know, run into a roadblock like Boston. So they're going to figure it out. They're going to make some trades, and I think these guys are going to be okay. Um, I think these guys, a successful season for these guys would have to be Eastern Finals or bust um, because this team is ready. They don't have a LeBron James in the way. Um, I think, you know, depending on seating, um, I think these guys can get there, but they might have to beat one of the two teams in, in the Raptors or the Boston Celtics. So they're going to have to grow up really quickly this year. And Brett Brown's going to have to get this bench together because only TJ McConnell is orchestrated. He's not a scorer quite, but he can give you something. Um, JJ Reddick can be consistent. He can give you 20. He can give you seven. That's just who he is. And A. Anthony is a, is a great center who can run. He can, you know, he's good off the pick and roll. Um, he can do a lot of things for you. But is that enough? And is that going to lead to some consistency in the playoffs it's yet to be seen but we you know you always look at this stuff it's game one you want to get you want to say injury free and you want to make sure Joel Embiid keeps healthy and everybody else keeps healthy so I think coaches got to be very careful about giving Joel Embiid 37 minutes this early in the season I understand that you want to let him go but you know you kind of want to <clears throat> save him up for these big games I understand he didn't play back-to-backs last year over injuries but then this man's like a he's like a daggone um glass house I mean you <laughs> If he falls over, you know, just bubble wrap this kid and just let him go. But um, otherwise, not a bad outing for the 76ers. It just wasn't their night in the second half. All right, let's move over to the Boston Celtics, uh, former things. They played a great half. Uh, I think the story of the night was um, it, it had to definitely be Jason Tatum and um, a returning Gordon Hayward. 
As you guys remember, Gordon Hayward went out in game one at the same time last year against the Cleveland Cavaliers in a nasty leg injury. Um, he went up for Ali Oop. He came down, and I think it was just disgusting. I, I remember watching it on TV. Um, I was rooting for LeBron. Um, Gordon Hayward goes up, and I just cringed. It was very disgusting. It's, just, <laughs> it's one of those things as a parent, um, and I'm not a parent, but as a parent, you look at it, and it's just like one of the things you don't want to see. It's like one of the last things you want to see. So I, I felt for his family. Um, I definitely kept up with his story. So I was really happy to see him back on the court tonight. Um, you know, he gave you 10 points, but he definitely looked rusty. He definitely looked like he hadn't played basketball in a while. Um, he was, a little, you know, a little gas going up and down the court. Um, the Celtics, like to, they like to push the tempo a little bit. They like to slow. That's the one thing I like about Brad Stevens. He's one of the, he has one of the most uh, versatile offensive inbound offensive playbooks I've seen. He knows how to utilize guys. I mean, pretty much his style is <clears throat> if you get the rebound, you're basically the point guard. So you saw um, – Jalen Brown handling a little bit. You saw a lot from Jason Tatum. You saw a lot from Kyrie Irving. You saw a lot from um, from uh, got Teddy Rozier when he came off the bench and everything else. But <clears throat> let's dive into a couple of those topics. Let's talk about <clears throat> Gordon Hayward first. Uh, first off, like I said, Gordon Hayward, you know, again, coming off the injury, I thought he had a pretty productive night. He looked pretty rusty for the most part, but he gave you 10 points. Um, I do think he's going to build himself back up to a 20-point player, um, but it's going to be hard. And we'll get into some of the Celtics problems in a second. Um, Kyrie Irving was also the kind of underlying story a little bit, but you just kind of ignored the fact because Jay- <laughs> because um, Tatum went off tonight and it was able to cover up, you know, Kyrie Irving being a little rusty himself. Um, Kyrie Irving had seven points. He shot two for 14. Very uncharacteristic of him. Um, You saw some things. I mean, like I said, I was watching the game and he was just missing from point blank. You know, he was going to the rack. Just wasn't quite, you know, hitting. It just kind of looked out of sync a little bit. Like, you know, he just needs to kind of get a couple games underneath him. I think he'll be fine. I think you'll start seeing Kyrie Irving... um, you know, his circus shots and his handles. I mean, he was already, his handles were already making people lean last night. It was pretty uh, epic. But, um, you know, seven points, not not too bad. I don't think Brad Stevens was really concerned or raised an eye. I mean, he understands these guys have had surgeries and they're just coming back. That's all it is. But I think the, the guy that's not going to get a lot of credit on this team has is got is to be Al Horford. Al Horford did everything last night. He gave you 30 minutes, nine points, and he just did some things on the stat sheet that's just not going to come up. Um, his defensive uh, proudness against Joel Embiid. I mean, we're not just talking about any big. We're talking about Joel Embiid, arguably a top three center in this league. Um, he was just handling this guy, and he was able to keep this guy at bay, not let Joel Embiid get, do Joel Embiid things. Um, and he was, he was just impressive one-on-one against Joel Embiid. I mean, Al Horford, I don't think he's going to get the credit at the end of his career of how great he really is because he's not like the 20 per game center or power forward. He's a guy that's going to get down and do the dirty work. He's a guy that's going to get rebounds. He's a guy that's going to be a defensive anchor for this team um, as well as um, as well as Baines as our base and I remember at halftime um, you know um, Charles Barkley brought up an interesting um, comment he said I think I would start Aaron Baines over somebody in the starting five and then he was asked why he said because there's not a lot of balls go around I think these guys don't have problems they're not the Golden State Warriors they don't have that system Uh, Brad Stevens has a load of talent I mean honestly this guy can go 10 to 12 deep that's how deep this bench is um, it, I think it was a blessing in disguise with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving going out 
because now Tatum was able to develop and um, <clears throat> Brown was able to develop further. So it's pretty interesting to see these guys in action. And at any given night, I mean, these guys, you can get production from Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum or Kyrie Irving or, you know, Scary Terry can go off. Um, Marquise Morris can give you something off the bench. I mean, these guys are deep. I mean, this is a championship caliber team. And I think that Boston Celtics organization is looking like this is either a championship or bust for us. I mean, even if we lose, that's a successful season. And I tend to agree because I think if they can get out the conference this year without a LeBron, past the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard and past Philadelphia with Embiid, Simmons and an emerging Fultz, um, I think this, you know, this will be a good year for these guys. And I have them. Honestly, I think I predicted these guys to actually beat the Warriors this year. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'll go more into detail of why I think the Celtics will beat the Warriors this year. Um, and I'll kind of give you guys a little hints as we recap that game later in a little bit. But good game from uh, J- uh, Jalen Brown. He had 12 points on uh, two assists and five rebounds, five of 13 from the field. Paid about 28 minutes last night. So pretty, pretty pedestrian, low, low, low moments for him. I think he had a couple moments that, you know, he put a guy in the blender and he went for a dunk or a layup. And, you know, he was able to do some good things for the starting lineup. Um, Jason Tatum's got to get the game ball for this for this game. Jason Tatum looks like a Looks like a young Kobe. You can tell he's better than Jim with Kobe. Uh, he, I think a couple things that he's added to his game that was just very noticeable was his mid-range. He's able to just attack you, leave you on your heels, stop, pop, basket. And that's going to be very lethal for the guy his size. I mean, Tatum is very, you know, very lanky guy. He was getting after it on defense. You know, he gave you 23-9. Damn near double-double pretty much. Three assists. So you can definitely see that Mamba mentality at 9 of 17. So he had a good uh, shooting night as well. Um, about 1 of 5 from the three-point as well. Um, and, you know, Jason Tatum just looked special last night. Um, <clears throat> he looked like a star, honestly. He looked like, um, you know, a potential all-star as well. And I think he will be an all-star this year. Um, I think um, Jalen Brown will be an all-star this year. I think... I think arguably you can argue that Celt- the, by the end of this year, I think the Celtics will have five all-stars because I think, you know, Horford will make a case for power forward because you don't have LeBron here. Um, Jalen Brown has been waiting for three years, I believe, to get into the, to the all-star. I think he breaks out this year. Um, Gordon Hayward, once he starts being productive again, is going to be a, it's going to be a problem at the shooting forward position. So I think he gets voted in. Jason Tatum is a perennial all-star, I believe. Not this year, the next year. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. So he's going to get into the... I mean, they're gonna, at, at the bare minimum, you're going to have four all-stars for this team. Um, these guys are very deep. I think these guys, like I said, it's either championship or bust for these guys. They got to get to the, the finals this year. There's no excuse why you can't get to the finals post-LeBron. Um, and, you know, even with LeBron there, I think they would have got to the finals. Um, but... You know, Boston Celtics, they they control their own destiny this year. It's their story to be written. I think the only thing that they that they need to fix is gonna be their depth. Um, I think Brad Stevens has his work cut up for him of who plays, who doesn't play. And if these guys just focus on the goal at hand of we got a chance to win a championship and we don't care about how many minutes is played, who gets the ball here, who doesn't. Because that's my fear for this team. I really hope that they don't they don't become selfish with Jalen Brown and Tatum playing those extra minutes and then now 
um, you know, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving coming back and, <clears throat> you know, guys like, um, you know, Terry sitting the bench this year, coming off the bench. Will that interfere with his psyche and his ability to play in some games? I think it's going to be problematic some, but I think these guys ultimately see the bigger goal because you have guys like, you know, Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier coming off the bench, giving you seven and 11 points last night. Marcus Smart doing things off the uh, score sheet that won't be shown um, in his defensive prowess. Then you have guys like Marquise Morris coming off the bench, being an offensive juggernaut for you coming off giving you 16 points two of seven from the three points seven to 12 from the field so just over 50 percent of his shots going in i think the the rusty part how you can tell this team is rusty they had about 29.7 percent from the field from the three-point line as a team 11 of 37 so i think they have some work to do brad stevens would like you know the light to get closer to about 40 percent on the clip and they're definitely capable of doing they have shooters everywhere that can do that um about 43.3 percent from the field in their field goal 42 out of 97 from the field so this team is definitely going to come together as the season progresses they're going to be a very exciting team to see just because they're so deep they go i mean like i said brad stevens can rest his starters and literally say okay second string once you guys play you know some dumpster teams orlando magic um atlanta atlanta hawks and even with uh you know these guys acquiring draft picks i mean it's going to take them a year to break them in so you know you don't have to play guys like Kyrie irving and and Jalen brown you can rest these guys um, or, or the sad part about this thing is two of these guys in the starting lineup will be in the second rotation at all times. So you can really rest some players. And I think this team, this is why I think this team will be more durable and more able to win a championship than Golden State. Because they just have players that they can sit and rest. And they're going to be more fresh, I believe, with the easier conference being the East um, than the Golden State Warriors out in the West who are going to have to fight night after night because we need every team's best shot i believe and with you only having a a good starting five and and two bench pieces that are kind of declining i think those are some things you're gonna have to look at i think that's why i kind of give the edge to the boston celtics because when Kyrie, when you get when you lose the starting five and maybe you have two or three of them in the game you can really explore some mismatches especially with demarcus cousins coming back and we'll explain that in a second but like i said good game from boston celtics 105 to 87 on the night brass even got his first win at home uh we got a chance to see gordon hayward back in action kyrie irving's got to ripe off the rust so these guys are gonna come along i mean if you're a fool to think that they won't uh you're, you're obviously just a hater and i think you just need to really look at yourself in the mirror but i think the boston Celtics are going to be a, a good in good shape they play the toronto raptors next i believe so that's going to be another interesting game to kind of see what Kawhi leonard is but i'm not going to really count that game because i just want to see these guys mid-season um they're in the same division together so they're going to play each other again like three or four times so um Kawhi leonard is going to obviously be rusty so i'm not expecting too much out of him i'll be surprised if he cracks you know 20 points honestly i think he'll be between 15 and 20 i think uh the bench as well as van fleet and Lowry and Danny Green, guys who kind of know that system a little bit. I will have more success than the Kawhi Leonard. I think he'll show spurts of who he was, but it's going to take Kawhi Leonard about like 10 to 12 games to get back because you don't just sit out a year and, and some change and just come back and be Kawhi Leonard, the top three player, um, top three player in the association as he was. Arguably in debate for second best player between uh, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. But that's a story for another day. So a good win for the Boston Celtics, 105-87. to 87. Um, Like I said, for the 76ers, getting to the uh, Eastern Conference will be a successful season for them. And for the Boston Celtics, getting to the finals is a successful season for them. So Boston, uh, Boston Celtics walk away 1-0. And 
76ers fall 0-1. So I think both teams will be successful. And I think this was a good preview of what these teams can be in that division. Okay, we go to the West where OKC played host to, uh, excuse me, Golden State played host to OKC. Very uh, long drug up. Now you start with the ring ceremony. They had these kind of these big pop off the top wings you can kind of pull the rings out and you have like an encryption golden state pretty cool um you know it's really good i was happy to see you know like again i don't i don't hate the golden state words i was happy to see kd get his second ring um you know guys like clay and steph and uh draymond green who've been there since the beginning get their third ring and it just builds up you know looking at these rings i couldn't help but think i'm like you know it's crazy that if these guys get um these guys are tied with LeBron and Link rings. If they get another ring, they will surpass LeBron in rings. What would the narrative be then? Because I, I do believe that LeBron needs maybe one or two more rings before his career is over for us to say he's had a great career. And I think, you know, for him to be, even be in a conversation for GOAT, I think that we can entertain the conversation of GOAT because of what he's done in stats, him carrying teams by himself and him going, you know, last year was a sob story. We feel sorry for LeBron. And like I said, I'm a LeBron fan, but I will be objective. It was a sob story. It's like, oh, we feel sorry for LeBron. But let me be honest with you. LeBron is a very hard player to play with. He's so great that he demands the ball. He demands excellence. And when you don't give it to him, he can, you know, he can be disinterested. He can be disengaged. He can kind of be like, okay, I got to do it by myself. I've been here. He doesn't get his teammates involved. And this prime example, I've watched the Cleveland Cavaliers in the preseason. And you look at what... what um they're doing offensively i mean these guys have always had these offensive talents they just need the ball in their hands to do it <laughs> and jr smith's giving you something um the new kid colin sexton is giving you something um kevin love who's going to have to have a big year for this team to even sniff the playoffs this year and, and honestly i don't have the cleveland Cavaliers falling out of the playoffs i think they're gonna be a seventh or eighth seed at about maybe 40 two 43 wins this year which is going to be enough to get you in the, uh, the eastern conference uh playoffs this year and i haven't been at first round exit so they're not going to fall completely off because they just have too much talent still you have uh believe it or not you still have uh tristan thompson i think when he shows what he can do without lebron it's going to impress a lot of people jr smith is going to show you what he can do and you're gonna be like where was this jr smith i mean he just he would he turn essentially into a spot-up shooter and you know he would get the ball every now and then against the undersized guy, uh, guard but it just wasn't enough time for for him to really develop and be jr smith from new york so you're gonna be seeing a lot of that and of course i like the pickups that they got um in the offseason with some of the youth uh they got it's gonna be pretty interesting but it just goes to show and exploit that lebron is a very hard player to play with and so you know this this west is just crazy it's ridiculous uh you're gonna look at it and you're gonna see like the bottom tier teams being able to fool with the top tier, tier teams on any given night in the west and it's gonna be crazy um i think a lot of people i think i said you know the lakers will be top three i'm gonna change my pick i think like i said before i think they're more of a fourth seed um than a top three i think it's gonna be um golden state somewhere either one or two but depending on how the houston rockets come out uh, it's gonna be the rockets or and it's gonna be okc as your one two three because i think okc in the additions of noel norlands and uh Jan- um um excuse me um schroeder dennis schroeder is going to be a good addition for this team um i think these guys are going to be pretty good i mean let's start with okc um, they lost 100 to 108. It was just they were playing from behind a lot. They took the lead out of the second half. Um, 
the fact I think this is a moral win for the OKC Thunder because you look at it, Roberson did not play; he was on injured reserve, and uh, obviously their star Westbrook did not play. And most people are like, well, Westbrook he shoots bad shots; they would have lost him the game. I mean, look, when you have, I think you're going to see a lot of action between Dennis Schroeder, um, Westbrook when he comes back, Paul George, Stephen Adams, and Nerlens Noel. He's going to get some time in that final stretch because these guys are just big. You have three athletic guards. I mean, they're going to be lethal this year. And I think these guys are going to really show you that <clears throat> that they can get after it. I mean, they did it with Patterson, George, Adams, Schroeder, and Ferguson starting tonight. Uh, Ferguson, you got to give me more than 0, and 0 for 2. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the starting lineup. Obviously, he's just a bench filler until Roberson and Westbrook get back. But the crazy thing about this lineup is they're going to be defensively good. I mean, Paul George is great. Roberson is good. Westbrook is good. Steven Adams is good. Nerlens Noel is good off the bench. So uh, this they're going to defensively be a threat on any given night to anybody because they're athletic. They're fast. They close out on you. They're good inside with Steven Adams. Um, they had a couple of uh, defensive breakdowns where Thompson and, and Steph Curry were able to get out tonight. With Steph Curry, um, I like how they played him in the second half more than, they liked, than I like how they played him in the first half. In the first half, they weren't being as aggressive. They weren't tiring him out. They weren't, um, you know, really getting at him to deny him the ball. They weren't really, you know, they weren't defensively making Steph uncomfortable. So when you don't make Steph uncomfortable, Steph's going to get his confidence up. He's going to start making these crazy shots from beyond the perimeter. You know, then by the time you do get on him, he's attacking the basket. He's making these circus shots. He's, you know, putting you in the blender because he's already got himself in the, in the rhythm. So by the half, he already had like 23 points or something insane. And I mean, he finished his game with 32, but just gave him too much room early. And, you, and I think coach, you know, Billy Donovan is going to look at that. And he's going to be like, well, we got to get better at you know making sure you know we i think they did a pretty decent job on um kd i mean because kd's gonna be kd you, i mean you're, a good night for you is to make kd be like a you know a 15 to 19 point guy i mean he finished quietly with 27 points and most people don't realize that but uh you know uh steph curry was the guy of the night he had 32 he's unbelievable 11 for 25 9 from three point uh land he's just insane this uh, tonight it was just it was awesome to see. I was really pulling for OKC to pull this out because, I mean, I just want I, I want a good narrative this year in the West. So, I mean, I just want, you know, teams to feel like they have a chance in the regular season for us to be like, oh, well, maybe OKC can knock them off. But, you know, this is Golden State without um, DeMarcus Cousins. And we'll get into that factor in a second. Um, but these guys uh, for OKC, they were able to exploit uh, what, I saw, what I said earlier in this podcast that, Golden State doesn't really have much of a bench. Um, you know, you can tell that Andre Iguodala has taken a step back a little bit. He's getting older and he can't quite, you know, be the guy he was in 2015 season where he was, you know, able to be a assist. A, he was able to be in a conversation for sixth man of the year, honestly, um, with him coming off the bench. Um, you got what you got, um, obviously, from... Uh, from Sean Livingston coming off the bench, but he kind of looks like a lesser version of himself from last year. Still good, but, you know, you just ask himself, it's like, man, we got essentially in the playoffs. You got a seven-man rotation. Of course, you know, you're going to you're gonna have, uh, you know, um, uh, Steve Kerr is obviously going to play Quinn Cook some minutes. He's obviously going to give uh, Looney and uh, 
uh, embell some minutes to, to get some bigs in there. It's always been his style to like rotate bigs and stuff until DeMarcus Cousins came back, comes back, and I think you're going to see uh, less of uh, Looney and McKinney, and you're going to see more of um, you're going to see more. Excuse me. <clears throat> You're going to see more of um, Jordan Bell coming off the bench. Um, and I think it's gonna, their bench is going to consist of Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Livingston, Iguodala. And uh, I think this is about it. They're going to have about a nine-man rotation with about th- three out of the five starters being in that rotation at all times or two out of the three being in at all times. So um, two out of the five being in at all times. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how these guys do it. I don't think you're going to see anybody playing above 40 minutes, uh, 38 minutes and 35 minutes, 37 for Steph Durant and Thompson. Um, but that's about season high for them. You're going to see them more in like the 30 to 35 minute category and still being consistent. Um, Kevin Durant, quiet 27 points. I mean, he didn't quite have the night that you wanted to have from three point land because they were just chasing and harassing him, but he was able to dominate more in the mid range. Um, he was getting matchups all night that he favored in the mid range. You do that turnaround fall away jump shot. He does that sinks in. It's just unbeatable. You can't do anything with it because the guy is seven feet one when he jumps, just, you can't contest it. He's going to make that every single time. Uh, but I thought OKC Thunder did a pretty good job of him on him. I think the story of the night for the uh, OKC Thunder has got to be Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was able to give you some good minutes behind Russell Westbrook, who did not play because he had a knee, uh, a knee, some knee surgery. And I think coaches will be sitting him and kind of make sure he's good to go before they put him back on the floor. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder came out and showed you why he is. Uh, he was a leading point guard with the Atlanta Hawks last year. He gave you 21 points on 7 of 19 shooting, 34 minutes, and he was able to really orchestrate and control the office. Now, he did make some pinhead, uh, pinhead mistakes because ultimately these, uh, you know, I think OKC had a lot of turnovers last year. I don't have the actual turnover ratio, but I think in the first half, they had a lot of turnovers because they're still trying to get used to each other. You incorporate Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder and Paul George are a great duo together and i think that if donovan uh coach donovan was smart then i think that he would play dennis schroeder more with the first unit or uh, as a six man directly out and give him some good minutes with russell westbrook some to kind of see what how these guys gel together because i think russell westbrook is is always taking the the blame for not being as good of a point guard as he should be uh being more of a i'm gonna get mine first and if i you know kind of forcing the assist last minute if he doesn't have the shot uh but I think with the addition of Dennis Schroeder, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, they can share the ball handling responsibility, and it can make this offense a lot more exciting. Um, and obviously, this guy, I think this team can go about nine deep because Nerlens Noel is good. Uh, Felton is pretty good. Grant's pretty good. Albreens is a pretty good outside shooter. And so Felton is a good uh, good piece as well. So this team can be about nine deep in the playoffs because I trust those guys, and I think that, uh, you know, you look at this team is currently constructed, they're going to be very dangerous. I think they're going to be a third or second seed um, this year. And they have a chance to really make some history and make some noise in the uh, Western side of things. They're not going to be, they're, I think they're probably going to be like a 52 and, and some change team. And I'll be about your third seed. I think OKC is going to, uh, excuse me, I think Golden State will win between 59 and 60. I think Houston uh, will be around that ballpark as well. And I think, OKC getting to the semifinals this year is an achievement. Um, maybe even the finals, honestly, depending on what seed they land. If they're the third seed, I think they're going to have to face one of the teams in the second round. So getting there and and I think being the team to eliminate Golden State or Houston uh, will be a big plus for them. That's a successful year for them. Um, but the, 
the headline for the uh, OKC Thunder was Paul George. He started out slow, but then he scored 21 points in the second half, and he was able to really get going. And Dennis Schroeder gave you 21, and I think Adams uh, gave you 17. So these guys have a big three, even a big four, if you want, if you want to say, because uh, you know Dennis Schroeder is going to have a load of, on the scoring as well. You know Adams will be able to do what he does with rebounding and putting it back. But the other pieces, when you put Noel in. That's another guy that can rebound and, and get you putbacks as well. Now, uh, I think what the turning point of this game was for OKC, why they just completely just lost it in the second half when they had a bit of a lead. They let Golden State get second chance opportunities. They weren't boxing out. You had you know Sean Livingston getting putback dunks. You had um, <clears throat> Looney and guys like that that shouldn't be getting these points, getting putback dunks. You, when, when it's one thing to let the big four get stuff, and when you have an opportunity because you know Clay Thompson goes cold in the second half and can't hit and can't buy a three point shot. I mean, the, I think the guy at one point was like one for eight, and you know two for eight or something like that. I don't have the stat right now in front of me, but I'll tell you in a second. Hold on, uh, Thompson was yeah he's one for eight last night, and he was just horrible. I think he had five for twenty, he had fourteen points, which is still good. But we know this from Thompson; he'll give you. An incredible game, and then have these slumps. It happens. I think the Golden State Warriors have accepted who he is. Um, I mean, he's going to be critical. <laughs> I'm going to say this: he's going to be critical. He's, he's one of the players that's the X factor on that team. You know what you're getting from Dan, uh, from um, from uh, Green. You know what you're getting from uh, Steph Curry. You know what you're getting from KD. But Clay Thompson has got to come to play more than ever because they don't have the depth as they used to this year. Don't be fooled by. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr playing nine, ten guys. He did that so that players wouldn't exhaust themselves on night one. That's just the type of coach he is. He's gonna he's gonna give you playing time. You're gonna see about eleven guys in this rotation, but that's not gonna be the case come playoff time. I truthfully believe this team is about an eight man rotation um, of guys you trust. He's gonna try some guys here and there to, to give him a chance, but okay. See, you can't be giving points up to Looney. Uh, you can't give points up. I mean, Looney had ten points last night. Who I'm, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful because it's the NBA, but like I said, it's one thing to get your big four points, but no, you can't get po- you can't give the OKC excuse me Golden State ten points off the bench. Livingston is going to get his, so he got six points. So you did a good job on him. Andre had to get off the floor last night because he just was not that great, which is why I say that Golden State is going to have some issues and some things with their bench that I think they really have to deal with because. The West is pretty tough this year, and like you don't know what kind of Marcus Cousins is coming back. I understand people are like, well, if Golden State, uh, if, when the Marcus Cousins comes back, he's gonna be, solve all problems. But well, here's a problem with a, a Achilles tear: you don't just come back and become the player you were before. Ask Kobe Bryant; <clears throat> he's gonna have some slow moments, and you gotta understand what type of player that Demarcus Cousins is. I think. You know, Golden State's going to have a little bit more trouble. They're still going to be great, but they're going to have a little bit more trouble than they did last year because essentially you lost, you know, you're going to lose some pace that they like to play with. Golden State likes to play fast because they like to get to that three-point line and shoot all those three-pointers and get the crowd into it, and then the game's over. But with DeMarcus Cousins, he's not really a pace guy. So you wonder how how fast this team's going to be able to play when DeMarcus Cousins come back because he's not a guy that's going to get up and down the court. Um, one thing about DeMarcus Cousins is he can move well for a big guy, but he's not that fast. So 
Will the team adjust around him or will he be left? And, that's the, and the problem with him is his temperament as well. So will he be upset that they're playing with, at a bigger pace or will he be able to keep up? Because this is one thing to sit from the sideline and watch. It's another to be in the game and see how fast these guys go. So I'm very interested to see the the uh, complete team with DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting because Clay Thompson may have an off night uh, for six games or so. Uh, Steph Curry may have an off night every now and then. Kevin Durant may have an off night every now and then. Then what concerns me about this team as well, because you don't honestly have that depth. You're depending on some some bottom feeder bench players to come in and give you some production on some easy baskets. Um. The health will these guys because these guys are gonna have to play between 35 and 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 40, you know, 35 to about 37 or 38, like you know, Steph did tonight for them to be successful. Can they do it for 82 games? They did it for one, they got 81 to go. That's how injuries happen. Will Steph's ankles will something happen to him? Now, we've seen this team function without Steph, so I'm I trust in that, but. You know, will it happen at the wrong time? Because without a Steph, without a KD, this team is just like any pedestrian team um, in the West. Two all-stars and a, and a bench that's going to get exploited if they don't um, have that depth and that health on their side. So that's why I don't see Golden State going for like 60-plus wins because they're going to be more concerned about keeping players healthy. Um, they're going to be more concerned about uh, championship more than their record. So I think they're going to be about maybe between a 55 and 50 nine win team they're gonna have some upsets when they do put on their try hard pants because like i said they don't have quite the bench and i saw that last night uh okc single-handedly was able to get back in the game when steph curry and kd were on the bench because clay thompson was not hitting his shots and draymond green was not taking any shots he was doing things off the score sheet of course because that's draymond green he's gonna be a defensive anchor first before he's a scorer um but he just they were able to neutralize Clay Thompson, and it really made the difference. So you can see OKC getting back in the game after Golden State wasn't really able to pull away. They were just like up by eleven, up by twelve, down by um, you know. They, at one point, they were down by three. They allowed um, OKC to go on a little bit of a run. They allowed PG thirteen to unlock and find his game in the second half. And I look at that, I'm like, you know, this is a little. <clears throat> that's a little concerning. It's not concerning from the point that I think they're going to win games because they're win games but you look at that and you say you know what if if teams game plan to take advantage of their second unit um when they only have two out of the five in the game and they're able to really score at will it's going to be pressure on steph curry and KD to play a lot of minutes and you ask yourself can they endure that much during the season that much during the playoffs because it gets that much harder uh, when you went to the finals, if a team can, you know, drag you out to six, seven games and you're playing that many minutes, you know, you wonder, will these guys have enough in the tank to come back and get a championship um, with less depth than they had before? So that'll be interesting to see. I understand they have the best, best uh, the best starting five in the league, but, you know, there's pace that has to be played with. This team likes to play with pace. There's um, uh, there's. Attitude. So you have Draymond Green and you have uh, KD, who's become a tough guy now, and you have DeMarcus Cousins. So will those guys be able to coexist and follow the rules? Will uh, Steve Kerr be getting kicked out of the games for technical fouls and not setting a good example as a coach? These are questions you got to ask. So I think you're going to see a lot of this stuff as the season progresses. But 
Golden State off to a good start. They got the rings. They got the dub on the first night, 108 to 100. Um, Westbrook will be coming back down the line, and DeMarcus Cousins will be coming back down the line. So these are some problems and some potential uh, things you, I think we need to pay attention to. Not hating on the Golden State Warriors, but they're legit problems that this team can definitely run into. Um, I was very impressed with uh, Steph Curry tonight, 32 points. Very impressed with uh, a little, some of the little things that Klay Thompson did. Klay Thompson, even though he shot horrible in the second half, is now able to put the basket on the floor and 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 <clears throat> he's worked on his handles and now he's shooting and that's good. That he's added another dimension to his game. He's no longer a, a catch and shoot guy. So. Happy to see that. Um, happy to see this game this, uh, tonight. And my, may I say that the NBA opening night did not disappoint me. I was very happy. I was very excited. Um, you know, I'm a football guy. I'm a Steeler guy. My team's still in, in contention for a playoff spot. But, man, I'm going to have a lot of sports to like. And now that I have a lot of sports to like, I'm able to come back on here and give you guys my thoughts. And tell you kind of like what's what. Because, I mean... I think it's going to be a very interesting season this year. And I think a lot of teams have a lot to prove. Um, so that's going to do it for episode, I don't know, 13. <laughs> uh, I do ask you guys, please, if you like my content, please like it. Please love it. Please, if you're feeling pretty generous, please donate to my cause. I'm definitely in the midst right now of trying to see if I can become a sports anchor down the line. I'm doing some work right now for my highlight reel. So hopefully get a camera down the line to do some uh, YouTube podcasts as well. Just do that realm and then I'll cover some local sports, you know, be on somebody's news channel. So that's definitely my goal going forward. So I ask that you please support my cause. If you feel generous, please donate. It would be very helpful and I would appreciate it greatly. But otherwise, it's going to do it for your boy D. Johnson on the mic for Talk That Ish. This has been your boy and I am signing off.